0: Spags, it's Tuesday, which means it's time for another draft battle doubleheader in the Best Ball Mania 4 streets. $3 million to first place in Best
1: Ball Mania 4, so Pete and I are there. We are waiting in a draft room, ready to go head-to-head, and Pete, I know you didn't love the team yesterday. You were giving me some shade, but I built one of my best teams on stream with you yesterday, and I wasn't even on stream with you.
0: Yeah, that was a a crazy draft room. It was a piss boy draft room. Anytime Najee Harris is like plummeting, you know it's one of my stream drafts or a ship chasing draft. And uh, yes, Baggs, you you took my video to heart that week 17 is all that matters with that one.
1: I built some good teams, some value players in Cincinnati, Kansas City, of course. Uh, We're going to build some week 17 correlations today. Now the schedule's out. We're going to stack some teams up. And this is your draft number 19. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, I need to uh I need to get the uh the overlay going down here. Uh looks like you got 105. I got 17 in here just trying to get my uh, screen size adjusted, but we are almost ready to go here. Let me let me just go quick quickly check. So, how many am I at? Uh yeah, this is my 18th draft. 18. Okay, 18. So 19
1: will be coming up. Of course, it's a double header here. One show on Pete's channel. Next show, we'll go right over to the Splash Play channel with a redirect conveniently set up by Pete on the back end. So we're strapping in for
0: about two hours here. Two hours of drafts. Can't beat that in, in the middle of May. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, like I said, I, I've been, you know, trying to get my fix. The puppy closed. My parents were in town, so I didn't get to do, uh, many puppies. I entered a few slow drafts. I did do fire my, uh, single entry Dalmatian bullet. Those are slows only. Have you hopped in your 101 Dalmatian entry yet?
1: So I, I think I'm going to do it this year. I normally eschew the higher dollar ones because frankly, it's enough for me to fill the 150 and BBM, whatever puppies that come along the way, the DK million, all that stuff. Um, but I may throw it into the Dalmatian. And is it advantage? Like, is it an advantage to do it now? Is it better to wait? I, I don't know the strategy for that kind of stuff.
0: I did see that some people were waiting, which I think makes some sense, right? Like you're just trying to get as much information as possible, but I don't think a ton is going to change for the drafting window between now and then. And I think you can make the case that, you know, some of this rookie steam continues and, and maybe even drafting earlier has its advantage. So, and this what will, will probably be a two week window. I don't think it's, it's, really a big deal when you start so i'm seeing a
1: lot of badges here christian mccaffrey on the board cooper cup goes ahead of adp i'm getting ahead of the
0: avalanche pete i don't want to get screwed i'm taking stefan diggs at five um uh, this well we seriously we, we started this draft with five straight does someone want to give me cmc at seven sky Moore at the 112 coming up uh okay i don't get uh cmc there um yeah let's see here we'll uh We've learned our lesson here uh, in some of these avalanche rooms. We'll take A.J. Brown. I, yeah, I think that's the move. I will say I did a draft with Dr. One, the professor, the
1: other day, and uh, he sniped a bunch of things that didn't make the most sense. So I'm kind of hyper aware of him being
0: right between us right now. Okay. Yeah, good. That's good intel there. It's the, the Spags drafting HUD. He's already picking up on tendencies of the guy sandwiched in between us. It is, well, it is
1: crazy. Cause like you do so many drafts. Like I think I got 80 and on the puppy, this'll be, I think my 21st in BBM four. So like I've, you know, I've done enough now and now, it doesn't take a lot to stand out, but when you do stand out, like these guys become permanently filed away in your head is like, Oh, you're that guy who sent me on this particular thing three months ago. And you just don't forget it.
0: Uh, yeah, no, you do. I, I remember that from the old school poker days. Like when you would see handles that you recognized in rooms and you're like, Oh, this guy's a maniac or this guy's super tight. Um, we got to start building out our profiles of drafters here.
1: See, Brandon's saying he's in my head. I'm just going to pull that shout out. He's in my head. He's not in my head necessarily. I think it's more if you are a savvy drafter, you have to be hyper aware of all these guys and their tendencies. And if you happen to know one, great. But like it's like being a Pete, like in baseball, where you want to know your pitcher tendencies. You want to know if he's throwing a splitter or not. Um, this guy's throwing curveballs left and right in terms of his draft approach.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, we do see goaz cards do the. Uh, the double tap that I said is going to be yeah. extremely popular. The C.D. Lamb, Amon Ross, St. Brown, although he does it from eleven fourteen, not the the twelve thirteen uh, there. But this is uh, this is an avalanche draft here. Um, we will see how this second round shakes out.
1: It's funny you mentioned that about being a chalk duo here, CeeDee Lamb and Amon Ra going at the turn. Of course, those guys are playing in Week 17 now, um, a game that I think will be a little bit overrated just because of how Dallas is going to play and their defense being better and hopefully Detroit's defense being slightly better as well. But I actually took that pairing yesterday, Pete, because I heard you say that and was like, I actually never take it because I don't think CeeDee Lamb is one of my favorite picks there. But it is probably one of the more chalky duos right away just because you get that easy correlation from the jump.
0: Yeah. Um, Man, this thing this thing really cleared out did some man and someone took even hurts i was maybe going to consider hurts but i don't ever Sweet. really like taking these elite qbs at least right now been taking a decent amount of alave you know what let's do this we are going to set up um, a little eagle stack without hurts um and see how that goes
1: Okay, I like the move. I, it seems like well, let's see what Doctor One, the Professor, does. I'm prepared for him to take Josh Allen here, but we'll find out in a moment. Um, I might take Josh Allen because I have eschewed him a lot. I know uh, some people pointed out in a recent draft that I took. I was I passed up Josh Allen. And was like, don't worry, I'll get Anthony Richardson later. I probably should get some shares of Josh Allen because I do take the other two elite QBs sometimes.
0: Yeah, um, Madsock says Hertz has been is going first QB overall on D. Well. Yeah, I mean, I personally think Hertz should be the first quarterback. I think it's close between Hurts and Allen. Are, have we discussed this before? Are you Hurts or Allen at the top?
1: I think it should be Hurts, but you know, like I think you should be mostly following the ADPs at this point um, in terms of where these guys should be ranked. But I think it's Hurts, Allen, then Mahomes, just because Hurts a little more live as a runner, kind of more strategically. Part of what they want to do is make him run, whereas the Bills have always been about let's make Josh Allen run less. Uh, so I think hurt should be the first QB, but like, you know, depends on where I don't want to take them. Like I don't want to reach like crazy for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I mean, my stance on the QBs and stuff has been, I do want to see I my, my thought is they are just going to stay here and not budge basically for all of drafting season. But I do want to just get a little bit of time once we start getting, some information about the running backs, these backfields, maybe they start slipping a little bit. Um, but if we come, if I'm, you know, what, 80, 90 entries deep and I'm underexposed to elite QBs, I will I will eventually catch up. I'll probably end up matching the field on these guys. Like I would like to, I, I don't mind being slightly underweighted. I guess I'd probably in my perfect world be like five to 6% on, on those guys is where I'm kind of ideally thinking about it at.
1: Yeah. For me, I think I, I would still like to get to 8% overall, but in 8% that comes where it's like I have the stack already or the quarterback falls. Like I think yesterday hurts fell to like the mid 20s in a couple drafts I was seeing. So, like, you definitely can get that value. And I don't mind that. Um, an interesting thing I've been doing lately is also jumping up to get Lamar around this range where you got, you know, if you get Tyreek early, you could take Lamar and Andrews. I feel like that's an interesting way to get, get an elite QB with some upside. Um, but obviously not going to do that here. Um, Obviously, no Ramondre now, so I won't take him for that Week 17 correlation. I will take DK Metcalf, who is steadily my consolation prize in this range.
0: Sounds good there Uh, with DK. Let's see here. What do we got going? Am I going to end up with another Brees Hall or Josh Jacobs share, or do I – I don't think – I think with – with Lamar and Fields on the board, I do have zero shares of Lamar so far. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, I don't mind it. Andrews goes. I am gonna take Brees Hall here, though. Um, I'm gonna keep taking him anytime he kind of slips to the middle or back half of round uh round three here.
1: There's Does actually it, some you know,
0: quotes that just came out about him from the owner that were pretty positive what were you gonna, I say? Was
1: gonna say i feel like i see him going in the mid 30s a good amount lately i kind of feel like he's falling towards the closer to 40 than 30 um but maybe not i guess it kind of depends what news comes out if it does kind of stop the the blood flow of people just being concerned and kind of funding him down
0: yeah, the quotes from uh, he said, so we're going to have to do a good job of protecting him against himself a little bit. We have very detailed checkpoints for Brees to hit in his rehab, and we're going to follow that to a T. And then Pat Thorman's take was the uncertainty may get spun negatively for fantasy football, but these are positive quotes from a GM. Um, actually, like I do like that quote almost more so than the Sean Payton, where it's just like, yeah, we're, you know, we're expecting Javante Williams to be ready for training camp where it feels more puffy. We're at least saying, like, we have a plan, we have the checkpoints, the various places that, you know, we're going to expand his workload and his contact and stuff like that. So again, you know, the, the risk reward proposition here, I still think uh, lines up in a, in a smart way. Najee yeah. in the third, after we get him two rounds later.
1: Yeah, Najee. So if you get in the right rooms, or I guess the wrong rooms, depending on how you're looking at it, people love Najee in certain rooms. And in other rooms, it'll be like yesterday where you had to take the poison pill, I think, or somebody did um, like 10 picks after ADP. And I just don't, the Najee prediction is hard to, to finger.
0: Yeah, it is the Najee stuff is all over the map. Um, I would say uh the the non-uh Red Badge Brigade drafters don't know this, but it's if you're in a draft with let's say what at least four or five badges, it means you can at least wait until the late fourth round for your Najee shares, and you probably could get him in the early fifth too.
1: Why is Najee coming up this much? Is it just the perception of him having volume and and Pittsburgh being improved? Because I believe in Pittsburgh being improved. I just don't know that he's the guy that's going to help them kind of be where they need to be. Like, it does feel like Jalen Warren's live. It feels like, honestly, they could also sign somebody off the scrap heap, and they might be just as Znagi, too. So I just don't see it the same way I think the public does.
0: No, I, I don't think there's been a specific news thing that has been pushing his ADP up or down. I mean, there has been the narrative that he was hurt toward the end of last year. They obviously don't add anyone in the draft, so that's giving people some more confidence that he's still, uh, and oh, and there's been some like positive Kenny Pickett buzz. So I think people are just starting to come around on the Steelers in general, but man, I, his ADP has one of the widest deltas of anyone going in like the fourth round, right? Like you'll never see Mike Williams go like a round and a half earlier, or a round and a half later than his ADP where Najee is like constantly ping-ponging based on the draft room.
1: BFFL by the way is single-handedly fighting the wide receiver avalanche cuz he has taken one QB and three running backs I believe. Wow. Uh
0: yeah, you know what Spags, this is going to I'm going to use one of my week 7. I'm going to start to dust off my week 17 correlations, get exposure to a guy I don't like, I don't draft, DeAndre Hopkins week 17 versus these uh these Eagles.
1: Okay. An interesting. Do you think he's still be what are the odds he's still playing in week 17 for this Cardinals team just relative to the trades, relative to their motivations for actually winning?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's certainly, there's certainly risk to it. It's why I haven't selected him, uh, yet, but the things that I generally do, and this is why I do really like week 17 correlation is it gets me to click on players in smart ways at ADP that I otherwise have blind spots or biases, whether those are justified or not. You know, I, I say to myself, do I want 0% Deandre Hopkins this year? Is he a guy I'm willing to full fade? There are some guys I'm willing to full fade. I don't know if Hopkins is one of those. He's probably a two to 5% guy for me. So when are the times I'm selecting Hopkins? Either one at an extreme ADP value or two highly correlated with a big bet I've made. And I've made a huge bet on the Eagles. If I'm winning $3 million, uh, Devonta Smith and AJ Brown are putting up, you know, 25 plus each going to need someone to push them coming back. That certainly could be Hopkins if the Cardinals remain competitive, which I get is a doubt. But I think if I'm going to get my exposure, these are the spots.
1: Some of these teams like Arizona and Tampa Bay in particular, I've been starting to think more about how do you take the them kind of rolling it up at the end of the year and who's going to be there? Because I saw somebody yesterday was saying you should take Trey Palmer, who is the kind of the rookie version of Mike Evans who the Bucks drafted. And uh, they also signed, uh, what's his face, who I, who I also hated throughout the draft process. Uh, not Chase Brown, the other one, Sean Tucker. Um, so yeah, like yeah. some of those guys, I wonder if maybe you should start to look at them a little bit more rather than take like the the Hopkins, you would take Michael Wilson, who's their rookie that they have. Um, might be galaxy braining it too much, but I really, I just don't think Arizona's motivations are there. And the public markets are so down on them now that I I worry a lot about their motivations by the end of the year.
0: I think um sorry, I just got distracted by something. I was gonna say something. Oh, so the one thing I was gonna say about what you said is I think that strategy is far more viable the later we get in the season and the more information you have. Because going back to our take a drink dead roster spots, like if you're galaxy braining like some of these fringe rookies who don't have the draft capital to ensure they're going to get on the field right away, you are likely to take a zero from these guys for a large chunk of the season. But when we get to training camp, if it's like, oh, Sean Tucker or Michael Wilson or whoever is like running with the ones and he's going to have a role, then it gives you the confidence. Like I'm not going to take a zero from this guy, but you don't have a lot to hang your hat on because they don't have the draft capital. And those guys just traditionally aren't getting a ton of run. So I also
1: just took my first year of Kenneth Walker, which I'll point out for my Seattle stack. Nice little value there, even though I think that that backfield is looking like a hot hand one to me now based on some recent quotes. But who are you going to go with here, Pete?
0: Yeah, um, this is kind of a gross spot on the board. Um, Let's see here. I might say, you know what? I might just play the ADP game and set up a little backdoor stuff with uh, Justin Herbert, get an elite quarterback here. Anytime you get set up backdoor stuff with a man as beautiful as
1: Justin Herbert, you got to.
0: Spags. I thought we were more mature than that.
1: <laughs> I was just giving you a chance to use a bonk. Cause I don't have it on our channel now.
0: Um, yeah. Why don't you have this? Yeah. Uh, here you go. Spags, uh, making a uh, butt jokes about Justin <laughs> Herbert.
1: I like that you're derisive about certain types of comedy where you're like, butt jokes or the, <laughs> but if
0: Nana Pete's here, they could go flying off the shelves after we do them as ourselves. Um, I do want to pull up this comment. This is the stuff I think we really need to avoid trying to do. And this is why like correlation in the macro sense is valuable because we do know which two teams are playing each other. That is going to happen no matter what. Um, Doobie says, doesn't Philly just steamroll Arizona? Like us trying to project a game flow um this far out just seems insane to me. And it's the same reason why I'm not like, you know, falling over myself to draft specific week 17 matchups but fade the others. Like we simply do not know. Some of these, like I, I think I heard uh Karain and Bimefort talking about this, and they made a really good point about that year that Mark Andrews, what, two years ago, went off down the stretch. And that was largely fueled by their secondary getting ravaged by injuries and just getting in all of these shootouts. That is not how Baltimore intended to play. It is not how anyone envisioned their secondary heading into the season. No one would have assumed the Ravens would have been a pass funnel at that spot. So trying to predict game flow and even spreads this far out, I think is a fool's errand. If you want to look at the weather conditions, whether it's a dome game, whether – um, you know, any kind of other basic correlation for variables we can control. I think that's all fair play, but I am not in the business of projecting game flow uh, six months out.
1: Yeah, I stacked a lot of Cleveland and Washington last year, which I kind of thought had a similar vibe to it. I would say, too, the game that last year mattered the most that got, got Corrine there and could have gotten them even more, like it was Carolina-Tampa Bay, which nobody would have projected as a shootout before the year, probably would have thought the same thing about Tampa Bay, <laughs> boat racing them. So I think something to keep in mind that Pete mentioned there for sure.
0: Um, let's see here. Hmm. Man, do I want to just keep slamming Mike Evans here? I guess we're going to keep slamming Mike Evans.
1: You have so much Mike Evans. I don't, I don't get that one, to be honest. I guess, I mean, he falls. I get it, but I, I, but I don't get it at
0: the same time. Why he's, he's one of the best wide receivers in the league. Puts up a thousand plus yards every season has done it with all kinds of different quarterbacks, I don't think he's like, he's not a massive win kind of guy, but he's by, he's definitely a small miss kind of guy.
1: Okay. All right. That's fair. Um, I'm on the clock here. I have Allen Walker Diggs, Metcalf, Judy. I'm going to get another receiver here in the mix and take George Pickens, who I love anyway, but Seattle Pittsburgh week 17 correlation. One of my easiest ones that I probably grab every single draft.
0: Pickens. Oh, Seattle. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Pickens in general too. Yeah.
0: I will say, and I, I I haven't, I don't think, do I have any Walker shares yet? I don't, which actually surprises me. It just hasn't like lined up for like how I've done my structures and where I've taken him. But I think Walker in the fifth is a smash. I think it's a total smash. I, I do agree he should be discounted relative to the uh, Zach Charbonnet pick, but I almost think he slipped too much. He feels like more of like a late fourth round value when you're getting him in the fifth. I think that risk of, of Charbonnet having a role is almost fully baked in there.
1: So OX is asking that above. Let me see if I can just grab the chat real fast. Uh, What recent quotes just saw Pete said Walker's lead guy. So that full quote was him saying that Walker is going to be the first guy off. Then it'll be Charbonnet coming in for either second downs, maybe some third downs. He also said that Kenny McIntosh and DJ Dallas will be fighting for the third down reps. So basically when you're saying that all these guys are going to have a role and you're kind of going in with that approach. And also frankly, Charbonnet on paper is a better runner and a better pass catcher than Walker. I think there's a lot of fluidity there and I, you know, if they're all going to be involved, it does kind of scream. Like last year, they would kind of sit Walker for stretches. I think Walker should be closer to the 70 range personally ADP. Why is just because Charbonnet is going at a hundred. And I think those guys are bets against each other, but if he's falling here, like I'm still going to take Walker because I already have a bet on
0: Seattle. You, so wait, I actually think that's bad process bags. If you think that he's, if you have a, a two round gap on a guy, you shouldn't take him. Like if so, you think he's a seventh round guy, why are you taking a guy in the fifth round?
1: Because like I think that's it where it the markets are going to go, but I don't have necessarily that level of confidence that that's going to be the case. But let me, let me make a pick here. Uh, Gabe Davis does not excite me at this point in the game. And I feel like everybody will take Gabe Davis at this point at the discount. So I'm actually going to get a little more Denver week 17 correlation and take Quinton
0: Uh Thanks for sniping my stacks bags.
1: Oh, you're welcome. I, I didn't realize it. I was just in my process. <laughs> I'm sure. I was in the studio. I was in the lab a little bit. But, you know, I, I get what you're saying with Walker. I just think that, you know, I'm still willing to pay the market's price at a discount. Um, but I think he should be priced in the 70 range because I, you know, like I think he and Charbonnet are closer to a one to one than the market does.
0: I just think if you have that strong of a player take and a missed price, then you, that should just be a pass for you because it's not actually a value. If you think he's still going two rounds later, I just can't think of any player I don't like that I would reach two rounds ahead to grab Um, because in, in you in general, you're not, you're willing to have player stands. You're willing to have big fades. I guess I just, I don't get the logic of taking a guy that you think is mispriced by two rounds.
1: No, I I mean, look, I think you're pointing some fair things out about it. To me, it's mostly just that I don't want to have zero of them because I I, look, I can be wrong, but I still think that like I would price them at 70. The public is not doing that. I don't know if the public will. So if the public's not going to do that and I still want to get shares, then taking them at a discount's kind of the best middle ground I can reach. Um, but I get it. Like, you know, I I do have some player stands, but my player stands in terms of like getting no exposure is Anthony Richardson goes at 80. So I'm now safely not going to have to draft him. Um. I I don't want to dig my heels in on young guys who've shown something like I want to dig my heels in on not having shares of DeAndre Hopkins. This kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very sensitive to guys who, if there are, you know, if I, if I'm ambivalent about them or I think they're fairly priced, but I just don't, I'm not going out of way my way to get them. Then I use the ADP discount as my like green flag. Um, here's, here's when I'm going to go, go get these guys. But if I just like dislike a guy and he slips two rounds and I still think he's mispriced, then I'm like, then you're basically just saying I'm full fading this guy because the market is so wrong on it. Or is your thesis because the other part of the thesis would be that if the Charbonnet buzz gets so loud that their ADPs start to converge more at which case you would be getting a better price later in the summer anyways.
1: Yes, but I I could still get a good price, though, if I take him at when he falls past 50, when he falls, you know, a certain point to 60. Like, I could still kind of, you know, dollar cost it down, I think. Um, And also, I'm going to issue uh, a rare thing here on the Splash Play Show. I'm going to apologize to Pete because it it was not a deliberate snipe. It was just me thinking, ah, yes, Denver, Kansas City. I got it or Denver uh, Chargers, rather. Got to get a taste of that. And I completely forgot that we made the butt stuff joke, and I just so I I am apologizing Dude, to
0: Pete for slightly. Please, it. please, no one. I mean, I can get tilted about snipes, but do not. I I mean, you. Everyone should read Pat's article about why getting sniped on um your stuff is good. Hang on here, I got to make my pick. Um, let's see what range here. Wow, Madison's really getting steamed up. Um. Tch, tch, tch. Let's see. Actually, yeah, let's go. We'll do a little bring back for our Herbert uh, stack in week 17 with Sutton. Um, one thing I was going to say too about this of why you can be uh, post tilt about snipes one, that Pat laid out the good arguments too, but this actually goes back to the natural diversification thing. If you think about how we all psychologically would like to line up stacks, we all want the premium stack. We all want Josh Allen with Diggs. We all want Burrow with Chase and Higgins. And naturally, too, like we all want Herbert with one of, and look, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm this part of this will be cope, like not getting one of Herbert's three best wide receivers. But if you sometimes look at your exposures and you're like, every single one of my Herbert stacks has Keenan Allen on it. And it's like getting pushed into different avenues. Like ideally, like I wouldn't mind a Herbert. Quentin Johnson Everett or a Herbert Johnson, Josh Palmer of being like, you don't want to be so hyper concentrated on a segment of a stack and getting sniped actually pushes you to different variations of that in a way that I think is actually good for your portfolio.
1: Thank you. I, I'm glad that you defended me because I, I felt bad when you, whenever everybody pointed out in the chat. So, my apologies. But that said, I, Quentin Johnson, I think is still mispriced. And I, I know I've kind of beaten the drum earlier in the offseason as well. But boy, like some of the quotes coming out of camp so far, some what he's been talking about with like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Josh Palmer showed up to his hotel and we're like talking to him about like what to expect and all that stuff. Weird thing with Quentin Johnson though, um, apparently, uh, Justin Herbert has not reached out to him at all, like hasn't talked to him, followed him on
0: Instagram and didn't reach out. That stuff's all noise, but it's, it's fun. Um, Trust me. The reason I know it's all noise is because uh, KJ Hamler was going to Bible studies uh, with Russell Wilson there for a while. So, uh, you know, sometimes these teammate narratives uh, work and sometimes they don't. Perhaps didn't pray hard enough for, for himself in that process. Yeah. Um, This is just like a real quick detour question. Um, Barrett says he's in the Dalmatian with me and he says, um, do you guys draft differently where four teams advance to the playoffs So for the most part, like the concepts of correlation, um, I would say I'm willing to over correlate even more. Uh, I'm willing to make really big bets on a couple teams, whereas you kind of need to be perfect in the in these big lotto's. The other thing I think you could take your feet off the gas on a bit is if you are just loading up on a ton of rookies or say a ton of injured slash suspended players. You know, you do want to prioritize advance rate stuff slightly more, just because the bar to get in there isn't isn't as high. So those are the kind of things I would do. I wouldn't push like super extreme strategies as much um in those, but I I definitely don't mind leaning into team correlation more so than I would in an 18-round best ball mania draft.
1: That's fair. I took like, juju who are you going to take here because I Juju for the, anybody who's curious, taking him for the week 17 correlation. And also I think Juju's undervalued.
0: Yeah I'm going to grab Charbonnet right here at ADP. Um, this is about the spot here. I'm, uh, what six wide receivers deep, um, about time here to start looking at a second running back. And I love Charbonnet, uh, at this price here, just perfectly in the zero RB window, really strong RB two.
1: Also, Mad Sox is the question, too, that I just want to point out, because I had this question earlier in the week. Parham is still in the Chargers. They were going to release him and they ended up re-signing him to a two year deal in March. So he's still there. Uh, but Everett more involved. Everett was there at the rookie camp, apparently like being the mayor on the field and talking to everybody in his jeans and whatever was the report that I saw. Um, so, yeah, Parham's still there. But Everett clearly is uh, more of a top dog than it seemed when it might be a cap casualty earlier in the spring.
0: Yeah, and Sean says looking like a Josh Palmer Donald Parham lineup. As a guy who selected Jalen Tolbert uh, yesterday, I mean Josh Palmer, it might as well be uh, the second coming of Jerry Rice uh, compared to him. So
1: again, Josh Palmer Pete was at the meeting. He came with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, so he's part of the welcoming committee. Even though he's ostensibly the guy who's going to very quickly lose his job to Quentin Johnson.
0: You know what? Let me let me flesh this out as an analogy. spec. you know how when you have your friend groups and you go out, and it's so easy, say it's your high school buddies or your longtime buddies, it's completely effortless. You don't have to do any work. You don't have to go out of your way to ask someone questions. You can just totally be yourself because everyone's comfortable. But if there's a new person in the group, or there's a friend of a friend in the group, and it's like, okay, they could be cool and fine, but you got to put some effort in. You got to ask them about themselves. You got to build up a relationship. You can't just be on, I'm chilling autopilot mode. Maybe Herbert and Co are just like, look, man, the boys just want to chill. And I don't want to have to ask Quentin Johnson a bunch of questions. sounds like a lot of social effort. And this is my one night off with the boys. We'll get to Quentin Johnson later. We'll get to know him in mini camp and then we can bring him in the fold. But right now it's just the vets. I mean, I feel like that theory checks out.
1: Is Justin Herbert also up for a new deal? Is that,
0: is that a thing that's
1: potentially looming?
0: I'm not, uh, I'm not hip on that, that contract situation.
1: I think he and Bur- I know Burroughs do, because that's part of the reason why Mixon is still looming as a risk point. Um, Yeah, he's got his 50 year tag coming up next year. So they probably would like to get him extended now. So that could be it is he might just be like avoiding team stuff until he gets his money.
0: Okay, there you go.
1: Yeah, but I, but your logic is just as good too. just more fun. Uh, but I think they both are equally credible.
0: No, but like, again, like, you you know, the times if you go like on a double date with a new couple or say it's like your wives are friends and then you're like essentially meeting the guy and it's just like, it, it's going to be fine. We're going to have a good time, but I'm going to have to put in a lot of work. I'm going to have to put like, I'm going to have to start talking to you about all this shit. I'm telling you, I, I think that's what's going on here. Um, all right, we are, we're heavy on the Eagles, uh, ADP. I don't know why we don't stop now. I don't have a share of Rashad Penny yet. Let's go ahead and, uh, get him on this squad. I've been
1: getting a lot of Swift lately. Cause he falls 10 picks past ADP and like, I'm not taking him at normal ADPs, but I have so much Penny. Like I've, I got so much Penny before he signed with the Eagles, after he signed with them that now I'm like, you know, I'll take him if he's there, but I, like I'm focused on getting Swift just cause he is really the biggest lever against Penny.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, a lot of these backfields, I know it's like not, uh does it make great contact? It's like, I like both the Seattle backs at ADP. I like both the Broncos backs at ADP. I like both of the Eagles backs at ADP. It's because what's happening is the uncertainty in these perceived split backfields is creating discounts on both. When there's a lot of outcomes where one of them is vaulted way ahead of the other. Sure. Are there going to be some classic split backfields where it's like a 50, 50, 60, 40, and it's kind of frustrating. Absolutely. But a lot of times one of these guys either separates or the chaos of the season and injuries kicks in and the other becomes levered up from like a mid round to like a second round value. And so I want to be making bets on both sides of those ADP twins as much as possible. And if you want to skew your exposures to the cheaper side of those right now, like I'm never going to fault anyone from taking the cheaper back in in those committees. But like all of those backfields, I just rattled off. I, I see value in all of them.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that's how I had a lot of the best lineups I built last year. Like Ramondre was a guy I dug my heels on just because Harris was going 20, 30 picks earlier at various points. Um, I think that's probably the best bet that people can make. That they kind of forget about. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about, Why is Madison coming up so much? Like, are people just learning of Dalvin Cook's contract risk? Because I didn't see anything new about it, but I've been mentally kind of taking Madison a lot. Uh, I don't get why he's now, like, he'll go in the high 80s sometimes.
0: Yeah, so I believe there's some stuff going around. I believe, and someone in the chat correct me, but I believe what I saw is the Vikings did some kind of promo thing, and it had Cousins and Hawk and Jefferson and Addison and madison on it and i think there was another rumor that internally they said they are going to be releasing him on was it june 1st so those were rumors nothing has been uh um being substantiated by any of the uh the team or whatever so i just think it's the market getting very excited of holy cow i could be getting the starting running back for the vikings in like the ninth round i think that's what's causing it there you go
1: Yeah, yeah, I didn't see the promo thing, but I... Oh, okay, so they told him that. Because I know there was a thing earlier in the year where they mentioned the other Dalvin who's on their defense they're like, yeah, I'm excited to have Dalvin around. They're like, oh, Dalvin Cook? Like, no, other Dalvin. Like the, like the no-homers club on the Simpsons. Um, but I think, you know, Dalvin being a trade candidate. So I'm going to point out uh, a gambit I just made here where I didn't take Dalton Kincaid because I've seen him fall lately. Obviously wanted him bad for this Buffalo stack, but I thought I could push him, and I did. So he is my, my tight end one. Congratulations. I'm, I'm on of here. Like I'm drafting some good teams right now, Pete. I, I know sometimes we like to have fun here. We like to point out the foibles that we make, of course. Um, but this team, this Buffalo team is coming along nicely. Um,
0: one sec. I gotta figure out what I'm doing here. Feels like a running back range. Ah, Dr. Oh. Professor took my guy, Kendra. Um, we'll we'll go ahead and maybe set up another backdoor stack option. We have yet to select a tight end. I I like Dalton Schultz at ADP. Um, He also plays my Traylon Burks in week 17. Let's do it. Dalton Schultz. Dalton
1: Schultz falling a lot lately
0: too, I've seen.
1: And I like him a lot. Both the Daltons in this range, I think, are very solid. And Schultz to me, I think people are down on CJ Stroud. And I just don't think they should be. Like I was going back... Uh, through some of the quarterback numbers from the last few years and looking at guys who also weren't in the draft class. Stroud was like a top every metric about like the last like 5 years worth of quarterbacks and um I don't know I know people don't like Houston but like he's going to be better than people realize.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, I have no pro and and I know the um people are are just down on this tier of tight ends, which I get too, right? Cuz I in my perfect world I would the thing I get tripped up on and I've said this before Obviously, I prefer elite tight end. Um, I do not like three tight end builds. I just really do not like how you allocate it. Like if I have 0% exposure to one structural strategy, and I probably won't end up with zero just necessarily, but it would be three tight ends. That would be the, the structural strategy. I'd be completely fine full fading. So I get in these spots, right, where I don't get an elite tight end. And then I start to ask myself, what are the combos where I feel comfortable with two tight ends? And honestly, as nice as your team was yesterday, Like the Irv Smith, Dalton Kincaid pairing, like that's getting very, very close to probably needing to be a three tight end build. So with a guy like Dalton Schultz, I do feel like he starts to give me more of a green light to a two tight end build, where if I'm starting to get into the 15th, 16th round range, then I'm like, shit, um, I probably am forced into a structure I don't like in three tight ends.
1: Yeah, no, I'm a little more comfortable with the three tight end builds. And I was actually thinking about doing it on that uh, team I built yesterday on Pete's second stream. Um. I, I like the three tight end builds a little bit more. I know Hayden's been a proponent of them, which certainly, you know, a guy that I would say you could trust when it comes to the data analysis of all that. But also it just comes down to the capital where I elite tight end I, I liked for some teams last year, but overall I feel like it could have gone a little bit different.
0: And you're taking Russ. You're hopping on the Russ bus. Russ Wilson stacked with Cortland Sutton. Uh, and we got our Chargers Denver game here and uh, lots of backdoor stack options for Russ too, which is nice.
1: All right. I am on the clock here. Uh boy. I think I just gotta take a running back. I only have three so far. So I'm gonna take Jarek McKinnon to add to Walker, Cook, and A-Chain. It's either that or reaching for Algier, which would have gotten me laughed out of the room. So we can save that for the next round.
0: I um I struggle with McKinnon, um, not just like not just him completely in a vacuum, but the combination of I've had a hard time separating like how he looked at the end of the season because last year, like in all the playoff drafts and everything, like I was so excited to load up on McKinnon. I thought it was going to be like the Leonard Fournette thing all over again where he crushes in the previous season and then everyone like discounts it because he's like an older back and then he just does it again. And everything lines up for McKinnon to be the pass catching back there. And then he really just fizzled out in the playoffs. And you know how we were even wondering like, what, what is going on with his targets? I even remember when we were in the weeds for DFS stuff and it was like, his targets have just fallen off the map. They're doing the checkdowns to Isaiah Pacheco. Um, So I do have like a little pause on his elevated ADP. Um, But it's also kind of like other contest sticker shock, right? Where Jarek McKinnon was free before he oh. resigned with the chiefs. It's not a big deal in best ball mania because that happened after. Um, But yeah, McKinnon's a guy I struggle with.
1: No, I get it. I, I like Pacheco a little bit more for that reason because I kind of assumed uh, they're going to give Pacheco more of the work in year two because he ac- actually was pretty good last year on the passing downs, and that's part of why I think he did earn some more of that work in the playoffs. The issue to me with McKinnon is just like he's on the roster. They brought him back. I think they thought they were going to draft a running back, but none of them aligned with the pockets they wanted to, so instead they were like, all right, we got McKinnon here. Nobody else is going to sign him. We'll bring him back in. Um, so I think he's kind of like their, their James White. <laughs> where he'll keep being there, but at a certain point the wheels are going to fall off.
0: Look at this. Got to go get your guys. Well, considering um, this, I'll show you how I'll live without Marvin Mims in this draft. I, I've taken him in every other draft so far, 53.8%. So, And I actually haven't even updated my exposure, I don't think, from yesterday. So yes, I can uh, I can survive uh, no Marvin Mims.
1: And I am taking Jalen Warren over uh, Tyler Algier, which is actually a move I make a lot for people who are tracking my Algier exposure at home. Nothing wrong with Algier at this ADP, but Jalen Warren, I think, should be in the 140s at this point.
0: I'm going to go ahead and grab Greg Dolcich to lock in my Russ Wilson double stack here. Um, that should be fine.
1: People really like Mims. Like, there is still a leap that Mims has to make to be on the field regularly, I think, would be one thing to file away if you are overly enthusiastic about Mims. And I say that about, as somebody who pointed him out earlier on the draft process, that I like them a lot. I think the steam has gotten to be a little heavy on Mims compared to even some of the other rookies.
0: Well, I mean... Again, talk about a range. I mean, what is his age? This guy took him at 136. His ADP is 171. Most of my exposure is in like the 160 to 180 range. And there's there's a big difference between 135 MIMS and 180 uh, MIMS. I think there's almost like zero downside in the 170, 180s. There starts to be an opportunity cost um, at 136.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's a big reach, and you know, just in general, not great practice to take a guy forty picks of ADP, even if you do love him. Well, maybe that was a Q timeout or something, but you know, just for the new drafters out there, uh, you definitely don't want to reach forty picks for your guys, and you know, unless you're Anthony Richardson, then you know, have have at it, have fun. What am I going to do next? Yeah, I still need a QB and a tight end, which.
0: I'm not wow. sure I'm going to accomplish that. This is a spicy take. Mims will leap Sutton for sure. I I think they're different types of players and how they'll be used, but that that's a spicy take.
1: Mims is good outside, which is the one thing that jumped out to me because you know this was a draft class where there weren't a lot of great guys outside, um, and he was like a positive EPA guy at every level, all that stuff that I, I look at in the advanced analytics. That said, he is under six feet tall, and Cortland Sutton's like six two, I think so. Bit of a size difference there, you know, maybe different kind of boundary receivers, but they do play a similar role theoretically on the field.
0: Um, let's see here. We got a few running backs past ADP. Um, let's see. I think we'll we'll just uh we'll build out our Houston bet. Um, since we do have that Houston, Tennessee thing going with Burks and Dolchich. will we'll add Devin Singletary to the squad here as our fourth running back.
1: I I love Singletary. I think he's a good value at this range. And Tank Bigsby also jumping up a little bit. It's kind of interesting because he had some really good camp reports, caught like three touchdowns in their rookie camp, I think. Um, All right. Who am I going to take here? I guess I'm just going to take Tyler Algier and I'll figure out tight end and QB later.
0: You taking Tyler Algier? Who would have seen that coming?
1: (laughs) Well, he's now 14 picks past ADP. Who could avoid that value? And again, perfect zero RB running back. Like he's a large reason my zero RB teams made it last year.
0: I uh I I told you this would happen, those bags. I think if someone rolled back the clip, uh, did you say he was a tenth eleventh round value on one of our shows? And I no, I think I had pinned
1: him at one hundred and fifty, and he landed at one hundred and fifty. He's got to go lower than one hundred and fifty. But the, I, the I irony is,
0: the irony is, I said my benchmark for Tyler Algier was he should be right in the Jalen Warren range, um, yeah. which you went back to back, uh, Jalen Warren and uh, Tyler Algier.
1: So maybe you, you planted that seed in my brain and now I'm getting to act it out. But honestly, I like both guys as like zero RB builds. Like I think for my running backs where I have Walker cook, H and McKinnon, Warren Algier, that's a pretty good zero RB room for me. I would swap McKinnon for Roshan. If I could, Uh, Kendra Miller, I would also swap for, but, um, I think it's a good range. Like if you are going to hit the gas pedal on running backs, I like all those guys.
0: Uh, also just a little bit of housekeeping here. So, uh, For those of you tuning in on the channel, we do a double header now on Tuesday, Splash Play double header. We do one draft on my channel immediately following this, Spags and I will be firing up a stream on the Splash Play channel. Uh, If you stay at this spot, I have the auto redirect, so it should just refresh on your screen. If not, there is the link down below uh, in the show notes to head over to the Splash Play channel. Make sure you're subscribed to both of those. And as always, if you need another reminder, I do have the comment giveaway challenge going on. This applies to any of my stream drafts of Best Ball Mania entries. The second the show is over on both this episode and the Splash Play episode, you leave a comment, it gets you an entry into the $1,500 giveaway that I'm going to do when I hit 15 K subs We're on an awesome pace, picked up another like 40 or 50 subs, uh, yesterday. So if we just keep this clip going, we will be doing that giveaway, um, by, I would, I could even see like early July if we, uh, if we keep up this pace. So excited about that. Subscribe to splash play, which is also very close to a a milestone of two K subs, get subbed up, get in the giveaway streets and, uh, and we appreciate you.
1: Yeah, just 30 subs away on the Splash Play channel. So if you're not subscribed over there, do that. Of course, I'm doing the Friday solo streams where I'm stacking random teams here. Got the Chiefs for my first draw on that Friday. I'll be doing it again this Friday at 11 a.m. So Splash Play Tuesdays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Uh, that'll be the place to go for all that stuff. And and Pete gets Rondale Moore playing the hits here down the home stretch.
0: Uh yeah. I've actually wait. What did it show my more exposure at? I don't oh, know it's, I, I feel like historical
1: hit. hits more so. Maybe historical
0: not hits. Yeah, this was my first Rondell Moore share. Um, again, I'm so heavy on this Eagles Cardinals game. Obviously, with Devonta, AJ Brown, Nuke, Rashad Penny, and now I tack on uh Rondell Moore here as well. So when Spags his theory that DeAndre Hopkins um is, I think you said he was just going to have a funeral. He was just going to kind of like sink into the ground because of his old age. Then Rondell Moore, I think, will be on the field more. I
1: think actually turn to dust or perhaps salt depends on the the different tail you want to go to. Exactly, but uh, people asking about Kyler too. I think Kyler should fall. Like I, I think Kenny Pickett's too low. Kyler's too high. I, I think that's two things I'm willing to uh, plant a flag for for right now.
0: Yeah. Um, Justin saying, where is the episode with uh, Mike Shoop?" Those are for YouTube members. If you are a YouTube member on the channel, you get access to all of the best ball after dark streams. Those are streams I do for the people who kindly support the channel, like Elon and Tyler, you can see the badges there. And it also gets you access to a private discord channel, depending on which level you are. We have the best ball breakfast where I like to tip off when I'm hopping in my best ball mania entries. So yeah. Um, Truly a good value there. If you become a value hound, $6.99 a month, you're getting uh, three to four extra shows, private Discord channel, badges, emojis, all of that good stuff. Uh, So yeah, that's where you guys can get those. And I've been getting a lot of good feedback. Maybe we'll get Spags on and do a behind the the curtain, a less antagonistic uh, Pete and Spags stream on Best Ball After Dark one of these days.
1: Uh yeah, if you if you're getting me late at night, Pete, you don't know what's gonna be in my body <laughs> at that point of the day. It'll be flowing around because got to re up this
0: weekend, feeling feeling green once again. Finally, do you know what I'm gonna tell you, Spags? If if Kyler Murray falls to me here, uh, I'm gonna take him for a weird three quarterback build, uh, but double stacked with Rondell. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. Um, I've, I got in this spot uh a few weeks ago, um, when I had a huge faller in Kenny Pickett, and I tacked him on to a Jalen Hurts team, which didn't feel right. This feels a little bit more justified with, you know, not spending a top five round pick or a top four round pick on a QB. Um, I do feel like if you are going to do the three QB stuff where you don't like need the points, you know, necessarily, um, taking a super high upside swing on Kyler Murray, a guy we know if he's fully healthy, can be a top five, top six quarterback. And I've already just made such a big bet on the Cardinals uh, that I'm going to go ahead and tack tack Kyler onto
1: it. Uh, let's see how many. Okay. So you have two tight ends. You're not, <laughs> taking. you're not taking a third. So Gerald Everett's available to anybody. So all the homies can have a little bit of Gerald Everett and I'm adding him onto mine. You,
0: you don't have to, I I've passed on Gerald Everett three times. Cause as you know, I would much rather get a third quarterback stack in than a, uh, a third tight end.
1: And I'm, I'm with you on that too. Like the third quarterback being a value guy, I think it started to make sense to me where if I have like Devonte Adams and for whatever reason, nobody's drafting Raiders in that draft, like I'll take Jimmy G for free at the end of a draft too. Um, so I, I don't mind that either. I think if you are going to do a three QB build, unless, unless you really want to get weird and draft them all late. Um, I think doing three QBs where you get two that are in normal range and then your third one just happens to be a massive value that wouldn't normally be there.
0: And I will say like this, this dynamic sometimes plays out. Um, It's the perfect storm, right? Because I kind of cornered the market on Cardinals wide receivers. Obviously I didn't have Marquise Brown, but I don't, I don't, we could go look and see what the Marquise Brown drafter did or why he didn't want them. But I had two of the three Cardinals wide receivers. So you, you corner the market on it. Then you have a player that people are worried about and you can really get the ADP to fall obviously in a perfect world. Maybe I had a pick I liked better than Russell Wilson at the time. And then I'm kicking the can down the road for my QB two. And then I just have a Herbert Kyler pairing, but I have Kyler at just this extreme discount in a perfect world. That's how the structure would have planned out, but I'm just not going to pass on a guy who has top five upside that I've already double stacked have correlated with week 17. um, And I do have some kind of flexibility with my structure. Like I'm not super behind the eight ball at any position. So I think I had a luxury pick and uh, that value pushed me to spending it on a quarterback.
1: It looks like the Marquise Brown guy took him at 61, but has Lamar and Goff. So he must've really felt like he didn't need a, a third QB.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, Bullock. Oh, There you go. Just for you.
1: That was a pretty big value that you scooped there on, yep. on Kyler. I I'm not a believer, but I think at that price point, it's sort of hard to argue anyway. Um, uh, Wandale falling here doesn't really do much for me in terms of my guys, but I'm going to take Wandale here just because this is a nice little, a little discount. 30
0: picks after ADP. Jesus. That was a huge, um, I'm going to continue to um, break all the rules. um, Although this one I actually think falls into the category of, you know, Penny and Gainwell are two totally different backs and how they're used. But again, uh, we are, We now have, I kind of like how this team is shaken out in that I have four big stacks and they're all week 17. So I have uh, Chargers versus Denver and I have Eagles versus Cardinals and I am trying to get these teams to week 17 and then hoping uh, one of those games goes nuclear.
1: Yeah, If only you could just wake up in week 17, Pete, as as some have critiqued in the past
0: well i am far less uh being spread out on four teams is a lot different than uh being fully concentrated on two i what did you end up with third you had the bills
1: yeah. I had the, I had bills on uh, new England too. So I, I, yeah. I like that team as well. But if you want to check the team I'm talking about, you can check the most recent tweet I have on my at Chris bags on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I was also on peach stream yesterday. The second of his streams as well on best ball breakfast. If you want to see it happen live and it was great, Pete getting the rewards in the chat, everybody pointing it out. What a great team it is because lately Pete, I, I'm starting to see the casuals filter in where they are like, wow, you drafted four running backs early. What a sick team. And I'm like, Oh no,
0: we, we're now in that point of draft season. I do think like the whole, the casual window is getting inched up just because more people yeah. are playing, uh, earlier than ever. Yeah.
1: One, one of the guys who's one, you, like we all have these people, if you, if you're a streamer, you kind of have these people in your, your communities where uh, a guy who like always has the chalkiest takes possible replied to my zero RB team. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're a little weak at running back in tight end, but the wide receivers, like I'm like, Jesus Christ, you're doing a Denny
0: Carter bit, not even realizing it. Um, uh, so I did get my Josh Palmer who, you know what spags, because I'm never in the market to select Josh Palmer, except in instances like this. I just kind of thought that Josh Palmer was like a 15th, 16th round pick. I'm pleasantly surprised to know that I was able to wait until the last round to get Joshua Palmer here.
1: All right. I'm going to dig for a deep cut here. Cause I'm still not a full Ramondre convert. Pierre strong will be my seventh running back here. So I can increase my new England Buffalo bet and. Um, A lot of Ramondre love on Twitter. I know Sam Sherman's been stumping for him a lot um, with ironic Twitter threads lately. I I still think somebody earns a role alongside Ramondre in that backfield, if not multiple guys.
0: I mean, that I feel is a lock. Like, as much as we like Ramondre. The thing is, is both things can be right. You know, like Ramondre can be a smash at third round and they can give another guy like seven to ten touches a game and that guy can have a little bit of standalone value and then massive contingent upside, right? Like if if Ramondre gets hurt. Um, but, uh, and trust me, I'm never going to say anything bad about Pierre Strong. He was, he's my, my favorite late round dart. Although I think I got bored in that I took him so much in the big board contest that I haven't been taking him yet in best ball mania, but uh, I will get there for sure.
1: Yeah. I've been in that same boat, but, uh, there we go. There's a team. Let me make sure. Yeah. team. We need to eight. recap. Cause
0: I, I will admit I do a good job when I'm doing my solo streams, but I think because we go back and forth, we don't take time to recap our teams along the way. So we, we should do that here for the audio listeners.
1: What do you want to read yours first?
0: Yes. So I ended up with a, a very weird team in which, and I keep saying weird because uh, the drafts on stream always go different, um, but in fun ways. So I have a three quarterbacks, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, our running backs, Brees Hall, Zach Charbonnet, Rashad Penny, Devin Singletary, Kenneth Gainwell, wide receivers, AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans, Traylon Burks, Cortland Sutton, Rondell Moore, Joshua Palmer, tight ends, Dalton Schultz, Greg Dolchich, tons of week 17 correlation here have basically f- Four, two different game stacks that feature both teams, so four teams and then a fifth game stack with Tennessee and Houston here. What about you, Specs?
1: My team at QB, Josh Allen, Kenny Pickett, the elite QB, the value QB paired with them. Running back, Kenneth Walker at a discount, James Cook, Devin chain, Derek McKinnon, Jalen Warren, Tyler Algier, and Pierre Strong at the end. A receiver, Diggs, Metcalf, Judy, Pickens, uh, Quentin Johnston, Juju Smith-Schuster, and then Wandale Robinson at the end. And then a tight end, Dalton Kincaid, Gerald Everett. So chat, who won this one? I guess will be the question because... I think we built very different teams. We both we both have correlations, some some of overlapping correlations as well. So I'm curious to hear who did better cuz I like both of our teams. I think we did a good
0: job. I uh yesterday on my stream I had a bunch of stacks but not a lot of week 17 one. This is probably the the one the draft I've gotten to do the most uh week 17 correlations in so far, so that uh feels good. I will get this one titled draft 18 here, a 3582 build with LAC, Denver, and Arizona fits like a glove. Uh, real quick, so you guys are uh, um, where the fuck can you sign up, Pete? Here, I'll just show you guys real easily here. When you're on the YouTube page, there's so I'm on my homepage for my YouTube right now. See this join button right here. If you hit uh, join, a, you can see the tiers is going to join us. We, we have this. Nathan, a.k.a. Join. FF and then that gets you settled on the YouTube side. You'll have your badge and all that access to the streams. These are all the member-only streams you'll get access to. But for the Discord element, you have to sync your YouTube and Discord accounts. You get in the deposit kingdom, Discord, where we do have a Splash Play channel can keep the conversation going after the show in the Splash Play channel. And if you go in the FAQ, there's instructions on It's really easy to sync and basically buy your YouTube membership. It will tether it to your Discord and unlock the channels that you've signed up for. So that is the membership tutorial. Uh, Spags, who won, who won this draft? It seems like I got a few more votes. There's a couple
1: people saying there's a draw as well. But I think this is one that it does seem like I won by the
0: barest of margins. And LMAO also doing well, too. Um, yeah, I, uh, this one, I don't, I, I would have been surprised if I won the popular vote on this one, just cause I did. I didn't get any good stacks with Herbert. I did three QBs when I probably could have gotten away with two. Uh, I didn't get any of like the super sexy stacks lined up. Uh, so I don't, I don't think I'm going to win the sexiness here.
1: If you'd gotten hurts, I think it'd be closer. I feel like if you have an elite QB, I think you tend to win the vote a little bit more. is, is my personal sentiment.
0: Yeah. And like I said, you know, I am. I'm happy to lose the popular vote. Um, all I need is that 3 million under the table. Actually, that revives these facts because I'm curious about your answer to this one. Did you happen to hear the hypothetical that I asked Davis Matic on the Swolecast about um, how winnings would be distributed or whether you'd rather have the clout? Did you hear that? Hypothetical? No, I did not. What was the question? Okay, I'll ask it to you. Would you rather win... $750,000 and you, but you finish like in just in this hypothetical you finish like fourth place in some tournament, ball tournament. So you're not getting any first place copy. You get um uh sorry, you get a, a million. Sorry, you get a million dollars and you finish fourth. Or would you rather win 750,000 but finish first in a major ball contest?
1: Oh, I would take more money. I, yeah, okay. I don't like I, I the clout's nice and whatever. And like, obviously Pat's showing a good jo- doing a good job showing like what you can do if you approach it with like a business mind and all that, that said, like the, the money is the thing is that funds the business that funds your lifestyle and whatever. So I would pass up on the cloud for that. I'd rather be, you know, like, it's like lottery winners. Like if you're a lottery winner, everybody wants a piece. Whereas if you're a person that wins a million dollars, nobody's bothering you.
0: Well, I, I actually thought – so, I mean, you obviously gave the correct answer. I mean, I w- – but Davis is, like, convinced that the clout that would come and what he would be able to do from, like, running out the Korean playbook of, like, a premium site and all of this, he thinks he could make up that ground. $250,000 is a lot of ground to make up yeah. based on clout. I think you just take the bird-in-the-hand money – and do that anyways, and you could still, I mean, Liam calls himself a three-time best ball mania yes. champ and he only won it once. I mean, you could say whatever the hell you want.
1: Yeah, I don't think that now winning one of these tournaments is like the runway to success, like winning the big DFS tournaments used to be. And you know, we're seeing with some of the sites that have launched in the last a week or so that sometimes there's people that don't have a history of like winning that are behind, you know, doing data for it and whatever. So yeah, I tend to think I would take more money always, and then you could still do the same shit you want to do anyway.
0: Yeah. Uh, but it is it is funny to see how broken uh some braids are for the uh the clout chasing that would come no. with getting uh first place. But I think the other part is uh, you know, uh Karane has a runway to doing it, but it, it's also a lot of work what he did. And I just got the update on his rankings constantly, and as you know too, constantly staying up to date on rankings or projections. Oh, It is talk about a crazy test. Like even my, my buddy, Pat Thorman, who I referenced earlier, who does the rankings in season for ETR. Like I remember inviting him to a poker night one night and he was like, oh yeah, I got like my shift covered. Like in case there's any Friday night news and the projections need to get updated because when people subscribe to a site, they assume that those are going to be updated whenever they check them. Uh, so yeah, shout out to all the projections and rankers out there. You guys are doing the Lord's work.
1: Yeah, the the SPAG rankings are are due for an update any day now, but there's only a handful of people that sign up for that. So, uh, but yeah, I agree. Like, I think uh, people don't realize that. Also, Pat did all the work before. Like, he was out there grinding at ETR, grinding at Roto World, or, you know, NBC Sports Edge turned into Roto World. So he had a lot different runway than just winning a tournament and being out there. Not that Davis doesn't have that same thing, too.
0: But yeah, fuck the clout. Give me more money every single time. Easy, easy game for sure. Uh, All right. This is what's going to happen. This stream is going to end. We are going to head over to Splash Play. We are going to immediately start another Best Ball Mania draft. Same two hosts, same background, same everything, just a different channel. Come battle with us for part two. So for Chris, I'm Pete. Don't forget to leave a comment to this one. Head over to the Splash Play channel. We'll see you guys in a few seconds. Peace. Spags, we are back. We have ran through the interwebs over to the Splash Play channel for another Best Ball Mania 4 draft where we will be battling it out. For the chat's approval.
1: Yes, you can see it on the screen now. This is draft number 19 for Pete and his quest to max out Best Ball Mania 4 on stream. And uh, a surprise happened to us for the first time. So we've been doing all these drafts, perhaps uh, bitten by our own success. I'm going to have to multi table this one to preserve Pete's draft purity. Uh, I'll be doing two Best Ball Mania drafts at once. I I guess I won't talk about the overflow, but uh, again, a victim of our own success, Pete, because these are all the same people who are in our community. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, poor Spags, uh, this guy is going to have to multitask doing two drafts at once. Um, I'm sure he, you are going to try to put an asterisk next to this team. When I beat you in the popular vote, you're going to say, Hey, I was multitasking. So Spags, I, I want you to give your primary attention to this draft. I can't have any excuses.
1: The good news is I'm in the 101 in this draft that you could see here on the board uh with Pete. Pete is going at the 12 spot. So you classic Pete uh, location here for best Ball Mania drafting. Uh but yeah, I'll be able to at least get some time in between then because I'll be able to take Justin Jefferson and just rest on my laurels for a few rounds.
0: Well, yeah, I'm so glad that uh Spags, you were rewarded the one-one for you know what the hoops you're gonna have to jump through to make uh to make this work here. 112. For me, do I get my first Amon Ross St. Brown CD lamb start?
1: (laughs) I I hope so. I think, you know, that's apparently very popular out there or you can just get crazy. Take a bunch of running backs. Have some fun with it.
0: I love taking running backs as everyone knows. Actually spags, uh, I'm going to make you uh, hold down the fort while I go to the bathroom real quick.
1: Okay, cool. Well, in the overflow draft, I just took Bijan John Robinson. Uh, he fell to the 10 spot. So I'll update you guys on the overflow while Pete's, while Pete's overflowing in his bathroom right now. And I will take Justin Jefferson here in this draft that I'm doing with Pete. So we will see what comes up here. Of course, some familiar names in here as well. And shout out to all you guys who are moving over channel to channel. We appreciate it. If you're not subscribed to Splash Play, I'm going to pander early on here because we are so close to 2,000 subs and I want to hit that marker. It puts us ahead of... All the peers out there have been doing this kind of the same way for the same amount of time. So help us out here. Hit the like button and, of course, subscribe right now. And uh, we'll see what Pete does here coming up the 12 hole. Maybe his pee will be so long it'll actually miss his pick. That would be a fun stream event, I would say. Uh, Oh, I'm back on the clock on my overflow draft as well, and I will pair my my pee, Sean, with – you know what? I'm actually going to get stupid in the overflow draft. I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor with B. Why not? Running back pig only when it's not on stream. That is my personal goal.
0: You just stole the line out of my head. I was going to say it's uh, you only have the courage to be a piggy when the people aren't watching. <laughs> it takes a real man to stare down a wide receiver avalanche and grab a couple of running backs.
1: Well, here's the good news, Pete. There is a gift for that on this channel. Here's the <laughs> running back pig, the cutest pig in the world, if nothing else.
0: It is a cute pig. There we go. Back to the banner. Do we want to? I, I honestly might just do it. I might just get my, get, get the CD lamb, Amon Ra out of my system. Unless Sam Duel wants to mess it up here. I think it's a good
1: move. It's certainly hard to argue those guys being both wide receiver ones and, and the week 17 of it all. And, and Amon Ra still like, he's come up a little bit, but he is still priced for Jameson Williams, like the pre suspension stuff. Like he wasn't going that much uh, behind where he is now.
0: Oh, he ruins my fun. Ah, oh, boo. He ruins my fun. You know what? Uh, I don't have any Eckler yet. Um, we're gonna grab an Eckler share. I want to ask you about Eckler in a second. Let's do um, let's do Eckler and Amon Raw. Um, do you think? Do you think Austin Eckler's ADP rises, or do you think he settles here, right where he's at, at the two three or the one two turn?
1: It should rise a little bit if he's in camp and reporting and all that stuff. But I guess that wouldn't be then until mid-July because I'm sure he's not going to show up to OTAs. Um, So I think it'll come up, but it's going to be another month and a half before it comes up. But even then, like it probably shouldn't come up that much because like he's going to show up. They didn't make a trade for him. So the real risk at this point is that he's in the last year of his contract and that, you know, like they could give Spiller carries. They could give uh, Josh Kelly more work. They can sign Zeke or whatever the case may be. So I think that it's going to be treated like the risk has changed, even though the risk is the same as it's been this entire off season.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, it looks like I already lost the popular vote. The chat wanted me to, uh, to reach up for Tony (laughs) Pollard there. Uh, they wanted the, uh, that week 17 correlation. Um, but I'm sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to be able to have plenty more Pollard. I'll have plenty more time to galaxy brain combos. Uh, 0% Austin Eckler. When I do think he's going to rise up. Um, I think he settles right at like the one, six, one, seven. Um, which is where he was going last year. He smashed. And then I think this is just lingering ADP anchoring from the trade rumors, right? Mm -hmm. Where, and you can see how strong the ADP anchoring effect is. I mean, Barkley was a good example last year, right? Where he was at the two, three turn for a lot of the summer. There was kind of concerns of him coming back from his injury. And then he just kind of inched, 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 inched up until he was a one, two turn pick. Um, So I kind of, uh, if you're out on Eckler for other reasons, that's completely fine. But I do think his ADP is lagging behind that trade risk.
1: Boy, this is the wide receivers are not here that you normally expect when you take Jefferson first. So I'm going to reach for other receivers then. And anybody who wants a discount elite QB, they're coming back to you as I take Metcalf and Cooper.
0: Wow. You taking an old?
1: I, Cooper's not old. He's 28. He's a, he feels old. He's not as old. Like he's younger than Mike Evans.
0: Yeah, I mean, but again, I'm surprised. It's it's not just, I'll, I'll take Amari Cooper at or after ADP. You just took him 11 picks ahead of ADP. Well,
1: this is an avalanche room because normally, at least in my experience, when Jefferson, you take him at the 101. normally you're getting one of like Devonta Higgins still there. Those guys are gone. Um, Olave sometimes comes back to you too. So I feel like the avalanche is coming a little bit early. And so apparently is the Lamar avalanche because he's going ahead of, did he just go ahead of Josh Allen? Yeah, he did.
0: Uh, this is a Casey. What is Casey doing here? What was his start? He did Lamar Chubb and Tyreek. Ah, I see what, I see what he's setting up here. I
1: like the Lamar Tyreek. I have a good amount of Lamar Andrews Tyreek from just reaching for Lamar to get that. Um, that's probably, I mean, obviously it was a great game last year. That's a really fun week. 17 game
0: as Baltimore, Miami on paper. Let's talk about what stone was just able to do, which is going to be extremely rare. Got the Allen digs, but with third round Allen. That is extremely nice. When you're able to sneak in that second round pick when there's a big tier gap too by the time you pick in the third round, like if you're looking at the 2v2 of uh, what? Josh Allen, Debo Samuel versus Jalen Waddle, Josh Allen, um, that is a smash there. So good game there. Uh, I'm sorry, Casey, you aren't going to get Mark Andrews, who I am going to take here sliding past ADP. And you know what? Um, we might just go elite quarterback here as well um or am I going to get two behind at wide receiver that's certainly a risk yeah I'm a little worried in this avalanche room we're going to grab uh Christian Watson I think it's just a little too risky in this room to uh to come out of four rounds with only one wide receiver
1: that's something I've been thinking about with Watson because you know Minnesota Green Bay one of those games that is uh I think uh, maybe uh, an important one to target for the week 17 correlations. It doesn't align naturally right now with Justin Jefferson and Watson. So you kind of have to reach for Watson if you're going to get him as part of that, uh, that week 17 correlation. And I want to start doing that. I think because that's like, that's a nice pairing. You get a lot of Watson Addison out there, but not a lot of Jefferson Watson. Yeah. Okay. I'm on the clock over here too. This is, this is tough. This is tougher than I realized. I was like three running backs so far. Yeah. Why not? Let's go for four and then close it
0: off. And I will say it's even a much greater degree of difficulty what Spags is doing, doing two drafts and hosting. I Everyone, the people who say that they are like good multi-tablers beyond two drafts, I think they're full of shit. I really don't think anyone can actually draft the best version of a team doing more than two drafts. Like If you say I can draft like 90% of what I do doing three drafts, like sure, I'll buy that. But you are sacrificing things. You are missing things if you're doing three drafts at once or more.
1: Yeah, I I like doing three drafts. I did that a little bit last summer, but I did realize that like I would miss a pick a little bit more frequently at three. Two, you can manage pretty well, I think. you Very, very rarely, I think, will align fully on those. But for the puppy, if you ever see me drafting a puppy draft, I'm always doing two there because it's just impossible to max out if you're not doing two at a time.
0: I think, and I've done the two thing, like, you know, you get them up on two separate windows. Ideally, like one you're picking in the middle of the round and one on the turn or whatever. But if you think, like we talk through like all the different levers and things you're considering between structure and ADP value and correlations and all what your opponents are doing, what their needs are. Like I'm sorry, but no one is good enough to factor in all of those things when doing more than two drafts at once.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Um, I, I, you know, I know that it's fun to do that for the bid. Uh, we've done it before on the stream as well, trying to do the multi-tabling a bunch of teams at once. And uh, definitely the expected value goes down and uh, your, your ability to think goes down. And, um, I feel the same about the slow drafts. Yeah, that's why I don't do them uh, quite as much because I don't want to have to do 30 picks at a time and line them all, all up at night. Like, that's not for me.
0: Yeah, I uh, well, the, here's the thing. So my slow draft hell spags was um, pre- draft and pre-schedule, right? So the correlations is one of the biggest things you have to think through. I didn't have to think through any opposition stacks. You know, I was just simply stacking teams. And so it's much easier to just like pop into a draft. You see your team. These are the teams I'm trying to correlate. Whereas when you add on the level of like opposition stacks, that then requires another pass through, to like re audit the roster before you make the pick. So like the more information we get, the longer I do think it takes to do like slow draft. Well, cause you do have to re familiarize, but pre schedule, there was one less big element that you had to factor in.
1: It's just the overnight part of it gets me every time. Cause I feel like every single time I do a slow draft, I'm always coming up at some point in that overnight stretch. And it's like, okay, not to do the queue, right. Or I'm going to get the wrong guy. Or like, I have to worry about my wake up timing and, That throws me for a loop in a way, whereas fast drafts, like I love hitting two, I'll put the, I do it on my phone, but I'll have like the two and on the active screen and I'll just look at my phone and whenever it vibrates, I'll know my pick is coming up and I'll stop, you know, I'll get my sets timed out the right way. Um, I would advocate for that. That's my favorite way to draft, working out on the phone,
0: do two. Um, All right. So I am going to select Aaron Jones here. I have Christian Watson and you know what we're going to do? Um, we are going to get our Minnesota bring back here. So we're going to double tap Aaron Jones and Jordan Addison and setting up this, uh, this Green Bay, Minnesota week 17.
1: Okay. I, I like Green Bay, Minnesota week 17. Um, wait, is that that game is in Green Bay though? I'm forgetting the locations of each game.
0: Um, that game is the, d- 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 it's, uh, Green Bay is at home. Uh, but, okay. uh, uh, is that right? Someone in the chat, let me know. I think I have this. I actually, no, it's in the dome. It's in Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, that's better. That's actually, so that might be one of the better spots. I guess, if you're a believer in Jordan Love and all that, some people might not be. Um, but yeah, I like that game a lot for week 17. In a dome, two young teams. We know the Vikings defense shouldn't be that much improved, even though they did hire uh, Brian Flores, hopefully, shift some things up a little bit there defensively. But um, I like that matchup a lot for week 17.
0: Yeah. And also when Justin Jefferson gets shut down again, my Jordan Addison share is just going to be absolutely <laughs> pumping.
1: Addison has some nice uh, rookie camp reports as well floating around out there.
0: I mean, I, I, I know we, we had the debates pre NFL draft of Addison versus Quentin Johnson. I felt strongly just in a vacuum prospect profile of Addison after the landing spot stuff, I did flip it just because I think Johnston in that chargers offense with like an actual path to being their best player, um, I just think that's more about like there are scenarios where Johnston is just so sick that he surpasses Keenan and Mike Williams. That's not that crazy. Whereas that was never happening for Jordan Addison, but I still like both of those guys. And it doesn't surprise me one bit that Addison is tearing up camp and that he's going to hit the ground running as a rookie.
1: I'm also running into the fun part of multi-tabling here where I'm up in both drafts at the same time took as people are pointing out in the chat took four running backs in a row to start the draft off camera. So that's honestly making it harder to do the draft. Uh, But I am going to pick in ours now. A lot of running backs here. Who correlates? Does anybody correlate well? No Jets. Uh, I don't want Dalvin ever. I am going to take DeAndre Swift with the. No! No, no. Okay, there we go. We got him. DeAndre Swift with the first pick. And then I think. Boy, this range. I'm just going to make sure to lock up one stack for me here because I don't want to lose it. Uh, take old Deshaun Watson, old reliable Deshaun Watson at this
0: point. It, it's it's so interesting to see how we draft in our tendencies because uh, you you lose more ADP value than me, but you lock up more stacks than me. Um, I lose more stacks than you, but I get way more ADP value. And I, there's a push pull to both. I just think it's interesting. Like you and I break ties in the other direction of those spots every time. Like I'm never selecting Watson ahead of ADP there. Um, but I will then, you know, what a third of the time miss out on, on that stack. It's
1: also such a long wait when you are at the turns where it's like, I just don't think Watson can make it 24. And then I'm kind of dealing with. I guess I'd have to then scrap for Gino uh, cousins will be there for me. Cousins obviously is a logical one, uh, but Richardson and Watson probably weren't coming back. So I felt like to get one of those stacks, I had to do it now. Um, but I, you're right. Like I, I think I prioritize stacks more, but I think it's all something too, that like Leonie said at one point, it's stuck in my brain where he was like, it's almost better to reach, just to make sure you lock up the stack. And I think obviously it's within a range. I'm sure you don't want to reach by like 20 picks.
0: Yeah. So that my like counters to that stuff is one, if no other, Cleveland pass catchers are off the board, which it's not. It's just Amari. You have cornered the market so far, so you're not competing for any. um, It's unlikely that someone reaches ahead of ADP to grab an unstacked Watson. So that gives you a little bit of cover. Two, Watson has been a guy that has just slipped a little bit just because he's not anyone's favorite player, um, which makes sense. Oh, I was just going to point out to the chat. I do kind of just have this internal rule you heard me talk about on Best Ball Breakfast. I refuse to select Anthony Richardson after ADP. This would have been a prime spot to take Anthony Richardson. But I just happen to pick at 84 and 85, and he has an (laughs) ADP of 86. So it looks like I'm just still going to be boxed out of the uh, the Anthony Richardson uh, sweepstakes here. So I'm going to go with Rashad White instead
1: his ADP has started to fall a couple of dots. Like it was at 84 and change. Now it's at 86 and it hurts me because that means there's a lot of people who are letting him slide. Um, I still think this dip, you know, it's kind of like we were talking about earlier where with Eckler, where it's like when it gets to training camp, I think you're going to see it go back the other way. Cause people are going to be unable to avoid the the drumbeat of positive news around the guy, but he is sliding a little bit right now. And I, I hate that the markets have, um, Like a lot of people have come out really publicly against him in a way that I just, like, I don't get. I don't get hating.
0: No, this, I was, I was thinking about this the other day because there is such a big disconnect. And I mean, this disconnect happens a lot. Like Adam Levitan always talks about when he posts anything about Anthony Richardson on Twitter, he's just flooded with mentions of he sucks. He can't throw yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Levitan has 170,000 Twitter followers, lots of normies or whatever. On underdog, it's like the complete opposite. People are like tripping over themselves to go get uh, Anthony Richardson and uh I am I am not worried about my Anthony Richardson exposure right now
1: nor am I I mean like I feel great about having him where I do like I don't think he falls to the 100 range or anything and I definitely think if he does fall to that range it's going to be a brief dip where if you aren't buying it and I'm like cool buy him then and that's fine by the time July rolls around though and you're hearing about the reports and you're seeing the social media clips of him throwing darts and all that stuff and like it's going to get untenable. And I just think the frustration point for me with some of the analysis I see a lot is a lot of it is just really bad player takes, but people digging their heels in it. It's like, that's the opposite of what you've taught me about best ball, what I've learned the most about best ball. And the industry has now become like way more player takey than I thought it would be.
0: Pull up Ben's comment here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's no, 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 sorry. The other Ben above him. No. I didn't realize we had two Bens. Ben says that's an L because his ADP is affected by cash games. Ben, you're telling me I'm an L on my completely arbitrary fake rule about when I'm going to take Anthony Richardson? Uh, Yes. Uh, Technically, uh, if you filter out that ADP, you should have selected him, even though you made an arbitrary rule. So that's an L. (laughs)
1: People want to hand out Ls too easily these days.
0: Yeah. There are no Ls at this
1: point of the year, is what I would say.
0: Just uh, don't try to reason. What do they say? You don't get in arguments with people in bad faith. Uh, you arguing about Anthony Richardson is going to be a bad faith argument from my side, bud.
1: Yes, it is. And I think that's fine. Like, I think <laughs> you just acknowledge the sort of reality of the situation that you've dug your heels in on a thing that, he, like, if he's great, I imagine you'd feel some pangs, like some pains of
0: regret, right? Well, and, you know, other smarter people than me have made this point, too. You are far less likely to get burned by a quarterback as like the quote unquote guy you need. Like I felt the, uh, the Josh Jacobs, you know, very low exposure last year, far more than you ever will a quarterback breakout because even in the scenarios where um, Anthony Richardson hits um, it's unlikely that he is going to be in the Mahomes hurts Allen tier. You know, I think the way I think about Richardson hitting, I think he has like that 30 point per game upside in his upside scenarios. I don't think he has in that offense as a rookie like the 40 point upside that hurts and Allen have in those games. So I honestly don't fear getting getting buried by Anthony Richardson. And all bits aside, I will get my Anthony Richardson exposure. But as the commenter 10 minutes says up here, I really thought Richardson was on his way to the five, six turn, he stalled out the past week. I do think his ADP is going to settle. Um, I do think uh he isn't going to be on a rocket ship into the fourth round as much as we joked about it. So I will have plenty of opportunities to get Anthony Richardson at better prices. So this
1: is the thing. And I, I, mean, I don't, I hate burying a fellow Chris here the reality is so hard for people to accept. You are probably wrong about 99% of your takes you're going to have right now. You, specifically, Christopher, out there, are wrong about a lot of things. And you dig your heels in and you say things confidently, doesn't make you more right. And I think that's the part that frustrates me about this stuff is that people are like, I watched him in college. Great. Did you see him throw for 450 yards? Did you see him run for 100, running 20 times at a game? Did you see him throw for two TDs and run for two TDs in the same game? Did you? Did you see that stuff? Because that's stuff that happens too. Do You have a subscription to Sports Info Solutions, which has the best analytics in the world. Wow. You look at that, you look here at the EPA numbers. Do you have access to the best minds in football as part of your day job, Christopher? Or did you watch a few games and feel like, Oh, he's not that good. He's overrated. Shut up. Just shut up about it. it's not reality. Reality hasn't happened yet. Reality's happening happened in fucking four months,
0: man. <laughs> I love it. We got spags fired up here. I took a chain with my uh, Baltimore heaviness here uh, to us still on the board, but I just don't like taking well, Actually, fuck it. I said I don't like uh taking two uh unstacked. I took A-Chain. I'm heavy on this Baltimore game. Um I'm gonna kind of end up what I had with that Herbert skinny stack and then being opposite on the the Denver side. Um so I'm I'm gonna take two at 109. I need a quarterback. I'm heavy on his week 17 game. I think it checks out.
1: I think this is a funny contrast. We're like this, that's probably the most amped up I've been on a stream <laughs> in a while. And that's that's like the the pent-up frustration. Cause each time we do this, like we talk about the meta game, we talk about like the logic of it. And I am just tired of people passing off player takes as like real info. It's not, it's not. You like you don't you don't have real info. Um I'm also drafting the overflow too.
0: <laughs> yes, Fags. How's the overflow draft? Tell us how how much of a piggy you've turned into over there.
1: A tremendous, I don't even know who's on my team because I can't see part of the screen. Um, Let me take a pick here. I'm taking another receiver. Uh, I'll take Elijah Moore. I have four running backs, Bijan, Jonathan Taylor, Jameer Gibbs, and Najee Harris. Sick them all early. Then I got Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison, Jahan Dotson, Michael Thomas, and Elijah Moore. So let's say we are a little bit thin at receiver.
0: I think that's fair.
1: Okay, now I'm on the clock here. Man, this is tough. Multitabling and like running the stream with any sort of uh, competency is a tough needle to thread here. Uh, AJ Dillon. Yes, Green Bay-Minnesota correlation. We'll take that. Um, and then would be nice to get another receiver in. No Jets at this point. Rasheed Rice escapes me a lot, so I'm just going to take Rasheed Rice here.
0: I'm sure it was very painful to pass on your guy, Alec Pierce. How, what percentage of your Anthony Richardson teams have uh, Alec Pierce?
1: Um, I think I am at – I mean, do we want, like, including the puppies? If we include the puppies, mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty ugly, but I'll, I'll pull it up. Uh, let's see. Exposure. So I usually don't take an unstacked Pierce, and I have 37% Pierce across everything.
0: Okay. Uh, Gavin has a fun question in, in the chat here. Yes, if you had a crystal ball and could reveal the point scored for one player on week 17, who would it be? And I'll just frame this last year, this kind of question came up and we talked about it and we, we agreed that like a chiefs wide receiver would have been the best one to know just because there was so much uncertainty in that wide receiver room. And if you could kind of know the outcome of one, it would allow you to play that. Um, honestly, like I think you could make a really good case for Anthony Richardson. Um, being one here. It would be the most
1: valuable for me to know at this
0: point. It it would, uh, I mean, spags, like imagine if you just got, got to see it. It's like zero points. Uh, You would, you would just be so devastated.
1: (laughs) I mean, you know, here's the thing, Pete, the reality's already been set. So we can't know that, I guess. uh, Only if you're a special soothsayer. Um, Yeah, I, it would, for me, it'd be Richardson for sure, but it would also be Richardson because like not even for the knowing it game wise, it would just be able to know that I'm right now. Because I don't want to wait until January to be right. I want to be right today.
0: Uh, that's unfortunately... Uh, the. Uh, it sounds like you might want to be a DFS tout instead of a best ball tout, Spags.
1: <laughs> yeah, DFS, there is a quicker turnaround. And people will forget pretty fast, too. They won't remember Drew Locke for two years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. All right. Uh, wide receivers are going fast and furious I'm gonna end up being done with running back early but man uh, I still I'm just I'm taking Kendra Miller at adp every time um, and I'm gonna grab Romeo Dobbs with my Packer's bet so that's
1: oh so that's the thing to point out um Christian Watson has not been working out with Jordan Love Romeo Dobbs has and apparently they worked out also last summer too um I don't know what the deals with Watson I was kind of looking for some positive Watson buzz because I love Watson, again, another guy who stands out. He and Pickens, in terms of rookies, were the great EPA guys for Target last year that I would expect uh, that should port over this year. But it's weird to me that Watson's not working out with like his fellow young teammate because that's the kind of thing you always read every
0: single summer. Let me, um, first of all, Ben, just relax about, find a new slant, but this guy wants to talk about Richardson's ADP more than anything in life. Um, a few, I want to push back on a few of the the people wanting to flip over the cards. I think it's bad to flip over the cards on a first round guy. I see Bijan and Chase. You want a guy where that information is having a trickle down effect and helping you make other decisions as well. So I do think you want to pick like a quarterback. Um, in an ambiguous spot, a wide receiver in an ambiguous depth chart, or same with a running back, like a, the a Bears running backs bags, I think would be a really good one. Like hmm. maybe you say Khalil Herbert, like that one, I think would give me a lot of information about Deontay Foreman, Roshan Johnson, and like how good the offense is. Maybe like, I want something like that, that gives me information in multiple spots. And if you just say like, chase like then how is that actionable like if you get zero chase it's like okay you're taking t higgins like six spots higher like i I just don't know what how that's benefiting you
1: yeah i guess if you knew one of the wide receiver ones or a first round guy then maybe you just avoid those like that entire stack and you try to get a different stack for week 17 purposes but then it could be like chase went for 2,000 yards and sat out week 17 and then you might have still needed him anyway kind of like justin jefferson last year like you needed him to advance um, and then if you didn't have him as part of your advancing teams, you'd probably a little leverage when he was terrible in week 17. Um, so I could see the logic. I, I think it's really just a matter of personal preference. Like uh, I think what the most valuable would be, I guess would probably be like you want uh, an elite stack and knowing that that team,
0: like whoever's the best you'd want to know, but uh, you can't choose that obviously as part of the game. Casey has a good one in the chat. I really like this one using the logic about the chiefs. I'd love to know the Ravens wide receiver. That would be a big one. I would probably I would Zay flowers or Rashad Bateman. I think you could pick either one of them and you'd get a ton of information that would be very valuable because it also maybe allow you to know like, Hey, are they going a little more pass heavy? I don't know. Um, that one would be interesting.
1: Yeah. I do not like this pocket at all. Am I going to take Jamal Williams? All right. I'm taking Jamal Williams just cause he's cheap at this point. And, and let's, uh, let's increase our bet on the always. No, you know what? Let's not increase on, our bet yet. Let's get Jalen Warren in just because I need some more running backs. I'm on the clock on both your, boards. Your, this is a poorly timed <laughs> multi-tabling for me.
0: What's your uh what's your Jalen Warren exposure?
1: Uh very high. Uh let me see. He is at he's my top own running back,
0: 31%. Okay.
1: Yeah, I love I love Warren. Love Singletary. Um, yeah. I have uh you actually do you want to guess my top five?
0: Your top five running backs?
1: Yep. Gave you the top um, three already,
0: Warren and Singletary. Yeah, I know you like those guys. Um, I bet you you gotta have one of the rookies like are Charbonnet and Kendra Miller up there for you.
1: Uh no, Roshan Johnson is at number four, 27%. Okay. Um, number three is a veteran, and and I guess technically a handcuff, but a handcuff with a roll.
0: Um this a you're you're off your uh your Jags running back bullshit, I think.
1: Um, I'm I'm gonna be yeah, on some tank big bullshit, but no, no, is no, it
0: is, is it AJ Dillon?
1: No, Elijah Mitchell is my number three. Oh, 27%. okay. That's a good one. Yeah, and then a chain is number five for me at 26. percent Kendra right behind him at 22. But I've made my bets on like zero RB guys, and I, I think the portfolio is looking kind of good for me right now at running back. All right. My my big board ones, like I, I don't wanna again, I can't, I don't know the reality, P. I don't know the future. I can't do that. The Seuss saying, like, some out there. I think my odds winning the big board are exponentially higher than the average bears. Than the average what? The average bear, so to speak, that, that expression.
0: Exponentially higher? Why? Yes.
1: Um. Because I nailed every rookie who landed in a good spot and like I got the guys right and I didn't take any of the like the weird guys that kind of got steamed up.
0: So I got a lot I've- of really good value super teams. I'm just going to nitpick your use of the word exponentially. Uh, you've maybe stacked slight edges there. Uh, exponential is, is probably a bridge too far. Well,
1: exp- well, what's the average person have a chance to win at? Like point, fractional, percent. Even, so. even-,
0: <laughs> even the best player in the world, uh, the edge is going to be small the way the podluck works. So I hate to knock you down a pig Pat. Spags. No, you're
1: allowed to, um, I just feel, I feel out of all the drafts I will do this season, perhaps besides the one I did on peach stream yesterday, I'm most confident in my big board teams that I think one of them, one of those little fishies will, will swim to the water.
0: All right. Spags. I'm well, the, I'm going to make my obvious pick. The obvious pick is Jordan love, um, to be my second quarterback with Aaron Jones, Watson and Dobbs. Um, I think I'm going to get my first. Oh no, this isn't my first share. I didn't even remember taking him in another draft. This must have been the first draft I did with Pat. Um, I'm going to get a a Sheriff Sam Laporta here with my Amon Ross St. Brown. No Jared Goff, but uh, get some of these Lions guys here. Okay.
1: I respect that. I also need to look at what I'm doing on this team because I'm good at QB at running back because like this other team that i drafted pete the overlay team is like such a hatchet job that i have to like pay a lot of attention to make sure it's like even okay um this team i feel like i, I think i'm mostly taken care of i got my stacks so i should probably should be taking like value guys
0: sounds like you got it figured out <laughs>
1: I, you know, I have confidence in my, how confident are you in your drafts? Like, I know, obviously you're talking about sort of the non-binary nature of it, that even if you draft a good team, it's still pod luck. It's not even just that first draft pod. It's every pod you get after that. But like, how confident do you feel when you draft a team where it's like, do you mark it as like, this is like a special team? Cause I put an X next to ones that I'm like, crush this draft.
0: I'm tough. I mean, I, I've personally found it's like similar with DFS lineups. I have never found, um. Actually, the DFS analogy is probably better than it is for best ball. But it's like a lot of times when you love how a lineup fits together or feels, it means you're actually probably being too comfortable, like eating too much chalk um, or not being um, levered enough as far as giving your chance of path to first place. My um, some of my best teams have been teams that I didn't like at all, like the team that for and I had that finished top ten in best ball mania two. Did not have a single league winner. No Jonathan Taylor that year. No Mark Andrews. No Debo Samuel. No Cooper Cup. Literally not a single one. I didn't even look at that lineup until week 16 when Bimefor is like, I have no more shares left in best ball mania. And I was like, wait, I just looked. Our team is is still live here. So I do not think we're actually good at predicting which lineups are going to do well. Um, I think it's just a feeling and the vibes can be good because it's clean, but there's no uh, correlation to what we like and how it performs.
1: Okay. I think that's a fair way to look at it. Um, I think it's more to me like, did I get premium sacks? Did I get value guys? Did I get players who I I think are better than the other average players at some sort of value? Um, but I, I get it. Like, I think you're probably right that um, – yeah, you know, like if you build a really good DFS team like Pete's talking about, they're probably pretty cashy for the most part and probably going to be duplicated a lot. Whereas like the teams you're talking about, like again, if you didn't have Justin Jefferson or didn't have Jalen Hurts, that got you different from chunks of 40%, 35% of the field. Um, So I guess it's different to have like, what's your best tournament team in week 17 versus like what's your, your best holistic team.
0: And I'm not saying that you can't say, hey, I crushed that draft or I executed the things I want to do with stacks. I'm just saying there's no... Um, way to actually predict that that's going to be the teams that do well. All you're trying to do is make as many solid teams as possible and then hope you run hotter than the goddamn sun.
1: Yeah, Oh, here's a good point. So line of scrimmage, a top three finisher last year in Best Ball Mania 3, put a star or Matt, hilariously, it was a Matt team that ended up third in BBM 3. Yelgi ones are usually the ones that surprised. Yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense because they are the contrarian ones for sure.
0: There was a... The, the team I had go far this last year in Best Ball Mania, it was a team we actually drafted on ship chasing, and we all hated it when we drafted it live because it was a piss boy room, and we were getting sniped on all of our guys, and it had all this good value on it. Um, all right, I got my I got my Rondell Moore fix uh, last draft. Let's set up a little fun late mini correlation double tap. We'll do Khalil Shakur and Taekwon Thornton.
1: Okay, I like, I mean, I, I've been taking a little more Taekwon lately just because they have not brought in anybody else at receiver. That uh, seems noteworthy. It is good to point out that Devontae Parker's still there, but I think he's another June 1 guy where they could kind of have that decision point coming up. Um, but I honestly, like, receiver got pretty thin here fast,
0: Pete, so I think you did a good job taking those two guys. Yeah, I, I was getting, I was starting, so I had three players in my Q spags, and I was starting to get pretty nervous. Uh, luckily, two of them were there.
1: Um, yeah, I, the, the picks lining up here has been tough for me. And I, I think I've salvaged this other team now enough. Um, but this team now, I feel like the main team, the one that's on camera is one that I want to be good. And I feel I'm a little bit missing some receiver parts that would have been good to get.
0: You're like a, you're like a Pinocchio doll, just missing a few parts to make you a a real boy.
1: (laughs) You know it would help me be complete, Pete, is if people were to subscribe to the channel right now, hit the like button, and of course, leave a comment on both this stream and the stream that we did on Pete's channel. You can see the other thumbnail. I didn't get a chance to swap those, but go do that right now. Every comment you leave on one of Pete's Basketball Mania 4 streams, I guess one comment per video, gets you an entry to win $1,500 combined going to three different people. So uh, go do that right now. I've seen a lot of comments coming through, but don't forget to comment on the old videos too, uh, because Pete, you are a generous
0: man and you deserve every free comment you get. Uh, are we? Am I correct? Am I doing the math correctly? That we're 20 subs away from 2K on the Splash Play channel? Yeah, we were 30 when we started the morning, so yeah, we're now we're now firmly in the hunt. All right, we got 100 and what 80 people watching right now. I'm guessing there's at least a handful of you who aren't subscribed. Get subscribed to the channel. Uh, this this channel is going to be at 2K subs by the end of the day. I'm calling it. Might as well get it over with now.
1: I hope so. I'm excited because I think 2K to me was always a marker that, you know, puts us a little bit ahead of the curve of where we should be. And uh, the content's not stopping, guys. We're going to continue to grind this out um, all offseason long. And apparently I'm going to grind out some Texans for no particular reason because I got thin at receiver.
0: I might take shroud late, actually. Some of those rookie quarterbacks were hanging around a good bit in this draft
1: yeah i'm a little surprised by that and i you know i get it people don't like the new thing i I just i hate when people turn their minds off to a thing that hasn't occurred yet and i'm seeing that more on my social media feed where it's like well this guy did it before and it's like yeah he did and you gotta gotta stay ahead of the curve a little bit and take some young guys and take some shots but i don't know
0: um man i'm so just the way my structure is set up here this 2572 I definitely want to get to nine wide receivers on this one just because I got some rookies I only had um four wide receivers through 10 rounds so I feel like I'm behind the eight ball but man uh the board is real gross right now for wide receivers
1: yeah, I, I will say if, if anybody wants to really tail me on these, and of course, or if you want to fade, go ahead. Slayton, usually free, though he goes in the 17th here. I think he's a good receiver to get. He was good last year. He's the only outside receiver they have, and a team full of slots. Uh, Terrace Marshall, I would still take late. Um, who else? Yeah, I think those are the two that really stand out. Tillman's also pretty good too, but hopefully hopefully Tillman will be there for me.
0: Um. Yeah, I think yeah, I'm going to done. lean into correlation uh, for these. Uh, Two last picks for me, two guys that I have not selected. I can't really imagine myself going out of my way to select them under any other circumstances. So I am going to select uh, Deontay Hardy. I'm just going to take both of the kind of Bills um, wide receiver three flyers here in Khalil Shakur and Hardy. Hope I nail on one of them. And then, you know, I did end up kind of boxed out with Tua. I ended up with just Tua and A-chain. I actually think almost similar to like the Josh Palmer thing where you're going to need an injury for him to, to really get in your lineup. But I'm going to grab Braxton Berrios who was pretty mm-hmm. good on the, the jets. I think he will have a role in the slot. And then if something happens to Waddle or Tyreek, I think he could give you a couple of usable weeks.
1: I mean, you saw Sherfield have some okay weeks last year and he's not very good. And I think Berrios is an improvement who should be uh, more reliably in the mix. I think Berrios is a nice pick. And if you were a three tight end guy, I still think you should take Durham Smythe. I know people saw the Tyler Cross signing for Miami. We're like, oh, he's he's gonna do it. Durham Smythe's got a, a new contract. He's a great blocker. He's gonna be out there a lot. And like combined, he and uh Gasicki last year had like I think seven touchdowns. So Smythe picks up like five of those. That'd be pretty good.
0: Yeah. Do you mind if I ask answer this quick uh underdog okay. cardio club from Raise It earlier? Um, yeah, the the promo just dropped. So uh Underdog Cardio Club is back for this year, he's asking about the grandfathered in part. So I don't know, raise it if you were in it last year, but it just means that to get in the club, you have to do, I believe it's seven, um, drafts in the upcoming month, uh, cardio club. And then you get in and start receiving rake back. Um, everyone who's already in from last year is already going to get, start getting rake back on their, their entries right away.
1: That's a great deal. Great deal to get some of that money back and if you if you have the time to do it. Although I do wish Pete that this could have been the year where we just tracked our Apple Watch stuff and I could have done it for weightlifting every day. That would have been nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: My heart rate goes up. I'm hitting 120s, lifting fast.
0: I got um my uh my home my my garage gym setup is is almost right. complete. Like not how I want it in my it's final form, but I got the rack and the bench and uh my bumper plates, so I'm excited to uh to get after it.
1: I mean, for me, uh, having a home gym was like a, a pretty big addition to... Okay, what? Well, I drafted him, right? Why is, I hit the button on Stroud and it's not letting me take Stroud? Why? I don't know. Because you're not on the view. clock? Oh, wait. <laughs> this is very odd. Hopefully, you'll <laughs> land where you're supposed to. Do you have... You don't have positional limits set up or anything, right? No, no. Well, let's see. All right, let's look at completed here. Refresh wow! refresh what a it. sweat here <laughs> yeah okay, all right He, he got, got in there you got in there i
0: think i i have noticed a bug at the end of the draft you know when it hits zero it doesn't show the the last pick
1: uh yeah actually i have seen that recently too so i guess that that could be it um why did i take a fifth running back in the overflow let's read the teams pete you want to read yours first as i pull it up
0: yeah um i was just naming it real quick here um Okay, so this team has Tua and Jordan Love at quarterback, value-hounded Tua, despite not having Waddle or Tyreek, which I don't like, but still like Tua here. Uh, Running back, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, Rashad White, Devin A-Chain, Kendra Miller. Seems like a perfectly solid running back room. Wide receiver, we were behind and had to make up with quantity, Amon Ross St. Brown, Christian Watson, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, Romeo Dobbs, Khalil Shakur, Taequann Thornton, Deontay Hardy, Braxton Berrios. A lot of correlation in there, a lot of rookies. And then tight ends, Mark Andrews, Sam Laporta. Definitely like that pairing of an anchor and then a high upside rook.
1: And my team here, which I bravely fought through two drafts at once to put together, is Sean Watson, Kirk Cousins, CJ Stroud at QB, running back, DeAndre Swift, AJ Dillon, Jamal Williams, Jalen Warren, Devin Singletary. Maybe should have taken one more running back at wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, Amari Cooper, Michael Pittman, Rasheed Rice, Van Jefferson, John Mechie, and Nathaniel Tank Dell, and then a tight end, TJ Hawkinson, David Njoku. Uh, who who won this one, Pete? I feel like I again. I, I think again we both built good teams. So that at the end of the day, that's
0: that's the goal, right? I think it would be more instructive to uh, to pull up your you know the uh, the other draft that yeah you were paying <laughs> okay, okay, attention okay, to. Not, let me, let me uh, so you were you were kind of in a similar spot as me, Spags, in that last one where you had. Well, talk me through. You did get the CJ Stroud value talk me through why going three QBs there. And this is from someone who's done multiple three QB builds when he probably didn't. So I'm not i am not attacking you, but I am curious the CJ Stroud pick there after spending so, two top 100 picks at QB.
1: It was just because I had so many Houston players at that point and nobody at running back, I think was going to materially change my my impact there. Um, I guess you could say I could have just volumed it up and added one more running back, but I had two Houston receivers and Singletary. So I believe enough in Stroud that I think he's going to have ceiling days more than people realize. Uh, But that's the main thing for me is like, I didn't take an elite QB. Um, I did take two QBs in the range that would normally be pretty good for a two QB build. Uh, but Stroud, I just think is undervalued. So it was it was a luxury pick for me, but maybe a luxury I didn't have because my running backs. Um, here's my other team that I drafted so we can compare. Uh, QB, Geno Smith and Derek Carr. Uh, had to reach a little bit for Derek Carr to make sure I got him. Running back, Bijan, Jonathan Taylor, Jameer Gibbs, Najee Harris and Zach Evans. At receiver, JSN, Jordan Addison, Jahan Dotson, Michael Thomas, Elijah Moore, Alec Pierce, Rashid Shahid, Nicole Hardman, Darius Slayton. Then a tight end Sam Laporta and Jawan Johnson and I believe Sam Laporta was an auto draft.
0: Wow, you I normally I thought you liked to uh, leverage my Sam Laporta pick um, by taking uh, who's a dusty uh, tight end on the lines, but no, yeah, uh, I think it works.
1: Yeah, I think Laporta is just a nice value at this point. Laporta is one of those guys who's going to get steamed up a lot. He's been crushing apparently the camps and all that stuff. So. Um, I think he's a guy that looks pretty good though. I probably could have not taken him and taken some other receiver and I guess taken Fant late, but the brain function wasn't there enough here for me at this point of the draft. Uh, Pete, what are the plugs here? Of course, people should be leaving a comment down below to enter Pete's giveaway. One comment per video on Pete's Best Ball Mania 4 videos. You'll get entered to win $1,500 combined going to three different people. So $500 each uh, whenever Pete hits 15,000 subs on his channel. So that's the giveaway uh, we are appreciating here. And of course, Pete will reply if you comment on his channel on that Mm -hmm. video that we just did. I will reply if you comment on the Splash Play channel. Just so you know where you're getting it.
0: Uh, Yeah, and I see a bunch of you guys' Cardio Club questions. I'll... I'll happy. I'll happily answer those in the Discord here. Um, other plugs, like Spag said, I do have the playlist still going on my stream. So if you are behind on comments, um, you can catch up. I make it very easy for you putting all of the videos in that single playlist. I'm guessing on Ship Chasing tomorrow night, we'll be drafting. Um, I don't know if we have anything else to do other than draft. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, that's mainly it. I'm also going to be recording... It's going to be pre-recorded, but released either tonight or tomorrow. Um, It's about the best ball data bowl that I'm going to be hosting uh, with the guys over at Fantasy Data Pros, Um, and so we're going to kind of break down the competition, talk a little bit about the state of best ball. Analytics and stuff. So, if you are inclined to want to kind of get your hands dirty with some data, or just interested in this contest, which is open to everyone, keep an eye out for uh, for that video. Sam Hoppen is going to join us on there too. Really sharp uh, data analyst with Best ball data. So, I think that'll be one to look out for. Yeah,
1: and if you are looking some for inspiration for that too, I saw that Pete mentioned the GitHub is accessible too. So, you could look at the other entries, uh, figure out what other people are doing, and go with that. And on the way out here, Christopher Davis, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> You're a fucking dullard and adult. And I hope you change your first name because I'm ashamed to share it with you. But for all of you guys, I'm not ashamed to share Splash with you again. Subscribe hit the like button. Leave a comment down below. Follow me at Chris Fags. Follow Pete at Peter Rovers. Follow the show at Splash Play Pod. And dare to think differently. Dare to not be a sheep
0: like Christopher Davis, guys. (laughs) This poor guy. Right? Right, Pete? I thought you were going to end the show. You you wanted some positive reinforcement. I will just say it's nice now because I had the rant on Splash Play again. Was it Paul last week? Mm-hmm. Was that already last week where I just lost my goddamn mind? And then you lost your mind today. So it's nice if we just kind of ping pong it back and forth.
1: Yeah. That, yeah see who we're going to lose our minds about next week. That's the fun of Splash Play. We'll see you guys then. Enjoy your weeks. Good luck.